It's This Week in Sleeves with your host, the great lord, Joshua Regal and Sleazy K. This podcast has been rated Category 3. No one under 18 may be permitted. Hey, Jojo. Jojo, come here. Yeah, come here. Yeah, come here. Yeah. Cl- closer. Right. right. Closer. I'm here. Closer. I'm right next to you. <laughs> Ebola! Ebola! Let's spread it together! <laughs> Let's spread it together! <laughs> Ebola! Ebola! <laughs> oh, yes. Herman Yao and Bestie, Anthony Wong, crafted what is clearly, to me, uh, anyway, no one really says this, but it's clearly one of Hong Kong's most foul pictures ever made. I mean, foul, smelly pictures, and it should have been done in smell vision with tons of saliva and cum essentially coming at you from all directions. And uh, we're, of course, talking of 1996 Ebola syndrome. And uh, in the second half, we re-enter the Chinese torture chamber story as uh, Wong Jing, the producer, revisits did it in 1998 in this unrelated follow-up to his uh, classic wacky production that we covered uh, about two episodes ago. This time Shaw Brothers fans should pay more attention, maybe, as we review Chinese Torture Chamber Story 2. Uh, my name is uh, Ebola K, and with me is the great Lord Ebola Regal, <laughs> or something, I don't know. But you got Ebola now, buddy, how do you feel? I'm starting to get a little bit feverish. And uh, pretty soon I'm going to start blowing blood snot out of my nose and spreading it on everyone I can. I mean, uh, it's cinema, so of course they have to depict it as uh, something rapid and crazy. But uh, clearly Ebola doesn't work that fast. Or or, or does it? What do you know about Ebola, sir? I don't know a whole lot about that as far as like how quick the onset is. But uh, I can understand why it's so dangerous and the fact that it presents with like flu-like symptoms at first and most people they get the co- get a cold and they don't do anything about it in this movie it's more like it's convulsions and spasms immediately for for, <laughs> for most people but be, because that's a cinematic way right yeah. uh, you, you can't depict everyone having a boring flu for uh, like 30 minutes you have tonic clonic seizures after about five hours and then uh start spitting up white fluid for some reason but you know we'll get to that so it's a uh, common saliva time uh, with uh, Lisa Kay and the great Lord Joshua Regal, essentially in a podcast. So uh, the, the, it's safe, like uh, your i your iPods, your iPod classics that you clearly listen to us. Uh, that's the device you use to listen to us. There, there's nothing going to come out of that, right? Like right, uh, the technology is not there yet. We're working on it, yeah. and uh, when when it's done, we'll redo this episode, and then it's going to be fun for you. Oh yeah, <laughs> lots of fun. <laughs> Uh, but in the meantime, let's do some contact information, my friend. This is This Week in Sleaze 47. And uh, this is, by definition, a tidy whitey theater, which I've said that uh, all, that also has its uh, share of like contraptions and shit to make the experience 4D. So, uh, you know, add smell-o-vision to that as well. And it's gonna, then it's a fantastic theater. It's a Swedish torture chamber. What would a Swedish torture chamber involve? Like big, 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 big like uh, sausages and meatballs shoved up your ass, or I- IKEA shelves that you have to put together on a time frame. <laughs> no, <laughs> I can't do Bjorn. I can't do the Bjorn, the shelf Bjorn. The Bjorn classic series. Oh God, it's a great gag in the Clerks animated show where the bad guy Leonardo, Leonardo. 
as uh, shows uh, Dante and Randall that he's put together his own his own uh, desk and he's like leaning like at least twenty degrees and the, and the shell and the boxes go uh, they're not facing inwards towards him they're facing outwards towards him and he says in the end and I got all these pieces left. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I I I, I love uh, the Leonardo Leonardo role. Uh, that's Alec Baldwin doing that voice, which no one knows because no one saw that. I, I love how those clerks they don't even know that Leonardo Leonardo sees them as arch enemies. You know they don't know <laughs> that. So he always says like, "Well played, clerks." Stuff like Randall saying whatever he was saying before. Is this a gay thing? No. Leonardo says, "Are you sure?" Uh, yes <laughs> stuff like that <laughs> rewatch that first episode that has like a perfect setup for oh, yeah. who Leonardo Leonardo is so that's all good fun but uh, let's go the contact information this is this weekend's least on the podcast on fire network we have this show on category free cinema from hong kong and uh, maybe we'll do some taiwan sometime they did, they did worse more way worse movies over in taiwan and uh, maybe Charlie Cho did a little stint over there uh, every now and again. But uh, maybe we'll do Sleaze from over there uh, sometime. But uh, that, this is your one-stop shop for category-free Sleaze with an hopefully informed perspective uh, and uh, with an aura of fun as well. Uh, you know, Ebola syndrome and Chinese torture chamber story too might not equal like an informed perspective but we're gonna deal we're gonna give you our review at least and hopefully there's some fun in between but uh, uh you know how much informed perspective can you bring for a movie like ebola syndrome like well there it is there's the title <laughs> you know guess what it's about uh, but I, I don't think audiences were uh, expecting what they got though because you know if you think about it there's some sights in this movie and some acts in this movie, courtesy of Anthony Wong mostly, that I've never seen anyone do. This goes to that, those foul, vile places. You know, you, you want to follow a character that that's just radiates smell, you know, in a 2D, 2D way. Here's your award-winning actor to do that for you. So, but uh, yeah, not even Charlie went this low, you know what I mean? Uh, but uh, anyway, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, we, we have plenty of other shows and bonus episodes over at uh, our site, podcastonfire.com. Email us if you have any questions, feedbacks, or views on these movies, including Ebola Syndrome. We have uh, that email is podcastonfire at googlemail.com. Follow the handy buttons at the top of our website to our social media, including Facebook, which will lead you to our page. You can also join our discussion group. So let's uh, discuss uh, the torture chamber movies and Ebola Syndrome together. Like, uh, it's it's okay. There's no shame in this, so uh, please, uh, please discuss uh, um, smellovision with us if you will. And it's a private group, so it know. is. And we don't really post that much rude stuff, though, to be honest. But um, uh, we should. I don't know, should we? I mean, I, I don't Absolutely. really get the, that much pleasure from like, look at, look at me, I posted boobies. Like, not necessarily that, but you know, what would uh, be your suggestion? Then? We could discuss more, more vile, disgusting, horrible movies. Sounds like a good idea to me. Yeah, I'm 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 up for that. So like yeah. because we're not 15 years old or anything. <laughs> I right. post I posted a random Asian chick with no clothes on. You can get that anywhere. Ebola syndrome. Come on. Exactly. Well, the 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 fun thing is also with the second movie. Like like if you were gonna post shit from that, like the last thing you think about is sex. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like that, that that's a that's the least of its concerns. Like its concerns are like torture. Essentially, so uh, painting, 
Yeah, yeah, painting. Oh, very, very much so. It's an aesthetic movie. <laughs> uh, oh boy! But uh, join us over on Facebook. Uh, follow the handy button to our Twitter account as well. You can click the iTunes uh, button, and that will lead you to our iTunes feed, which you can subscribe to. Leave a star rating on, and even leave a comment on. We would love to hear from you. So uh, don't be shy. You can be anonymous, essentially. So uh, don't be shy. Share what you think of this week in Sleaze and the network in general. And finally, click the button leading to Stitcher Radio, where you can stream our shows either via their website or on the applications available on the Apple App Store and Google Play. And there goes the dog to download Stitcher right away. (laughs) (laughs) I'm running. (laughs) Running? Where is it? It's on the phone, you stupid animal. <laughs> like it's not outside. The stitcher is not outside. Jesus, get it together, puppy. Come yeah, yeah, on. yeah. You haven't taught it anything, anything, uh, anything of these modern ways. <laughs> hey, hey, it's not because I haven't tried. Right, I've set the damn iPhone in front of stock so many times. I keep trying to get him to download apps. All he does is sniff and lick it. Maybe Pokemon Go is like the way to start. If uh, if that's yeah. uh, if that's like, ooh, I like the yeah. smartphone technology. God damn it, puppy! That's Charizard. I want you to get fucking get Squirtle. You revealed your nerd cred, and that's a good thing, though. <laughs> hey, you know, I watched some Pokemon. Were you ever day. into it, like, genuinely, or was it not for you, essentially? Yeah, well, like, I was in the very end stages of it. Like, by, by the time I was, like, kind of slowing down on watching cartoons, uh, Pokemon was getting huge. So, I, like, I watched a little bit of it, but I was never, I never collected the cards or anything like that. My cousin did, though, huge fan. And uh, he's uh, 29 years old, 27 years old, somewhere in there. And he's he's still collecting Pokemon cards and stuff. So. That's really cool. That's really cool. I, 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 I like physical stuff like that. I, I grew up yeah. on it partly, collecting cards. When I was really young, I used to collect uh, Marvel comic cards and stuff like that. It would be just cards about with comic book characters on them and stuff like that, and you'd always get like first appearance on the back plus like a detailed description of the character. So me and my friends would sit there and collect these stacks and stacks of cards of these like uh, obscure characters. And I got Polaris, I got you know Dazzler, whoever you know. I'll trade you this for that. Hey, wait five years, they're gonna have their own movie because they're they're bleeding that uh, universe dry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, like Pokemon was never felt like it was for me necessarily, but I never judged it. I just remember that it's the craze starting. They had some warnings about people uh, with uh, epilepsy should not watch it because it's sort of seizure inducing because that's just Japanese style anyway. And and I remember the South Park parody that was always uh, spot on. You know, Chim Pokemon. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta buy it. You gotta buy it. Chim Pokemon. According to Trey Parker, Chim Pokemon means small penis. So that's why they did that in the episode as well, when they met the Japanese characters and tried like, hey, what are you doing to our kids? And, oh, you Americans have such big penis. And uh, us Japanese have very small penis. And I think it was Randy who confronted him and he was like, yeah, I do have big penis. You guys are right. And then nothing ever happened with that confrontation. But uh, yeah, that was like season two of South Park and... Uh, and they said, like, we started watching it just to research and to know what the hell we're talking about. Then we, we couldn't understand what the story was because it was all about collecting to become the great Pokemon master. And that seemed to be it. And then you realize it's all that's all that it is. It's about buying. It's about collecting. Uh, and now we have Pokemon Go, which I'm in theory all OK with. As long as you don't do the foolish thing, adults or kids alike, of trespassing. 
falling over cliffs and using it in traffic and shit. But I, I'm just waiting. I'm sorry, Josh. I'm just waiting for you hearing the story of someone trespassed on someone's property and got shot. I'm just waiting for that story. I think I saw that already, but it could have been one of those like almost click hole type articles or something like that. I don't know if it was real. But yeah, somebody going for a Pikachu and got shot. Pick a shot. <laughs> that's what. It, <laughs> that's the click hole. I, that's the clickbait I, uh, article. Now you're Pika dead. I write about these kind of movies, uh, not Pokemon movies, but category three movies on SoGoodReviews.com. I video review a few movies here and there on SleazyKVideo.com, and my Twitter handle is at SoGoodReviews. ShelfLifeClothing.com, home of the Caucasians T-shirt and. Uh, the guy, uh, Brian Kirby, that is, uh, creator of uh, SLC, helped us out with uh, some music for this show. And we're always grateful for that and always happy to plug his stuff. Buy the actual original Caucasians t-shirt from Shelf Life Clothing and not from anywhere else because you're bound to uh, encounter a bootleg. And bootleggers are crappy people, so uh, buy from good people and Brian is... A uh, little, little plug for your uh, your sporadic but uh, highly informative and fun podcast. Uh, so uh, I hope it's still ongoing. Yeah, it is until you know whenever we get around to actually recording. But uh... I'm stealing you away from Wendy. It feels like I'm I'm sorry though, Wendy. I, I don't mean to, but uh, I, I he says yes to these recordings. <laughs> I'd say yes to anyone. So trashy trio, yeah. Google the trashy trio podcast, and you'll come up with. Even more foul movies than Ebola syndrome. Exactly. From all over the world. Japanese rapists, uh, rapists and uh, other exploitation goodness. Plenty of that. We had a movie we covered. We, you know, like to call it Rape Bus. And uh, that's the sort of stuff we cover, so check it out. I bet it could have been called that, uh, considering what the actual title is. It's not far off. So what's the actual title of that movie you just mentioned? White Rose Campus. Ooh, that sounds poetic. And then everybody gets raped. <laughs> that's the that's the name. Putting it on front street, all right. What's this movie about? Well, I believe that's the full title: White Rose Campus, Ellipses, dot dot dot. You know, and then everybody gets raped. There it is. Sixty minutes of fun. <laughs> exactly. Could have been seventy, roughly around sixty something minutes. Criterion Collection. Oh, you listening? You seem to snag up every every Japanese movie under the sun. I just recently bought the uh, Lady Snowblood little series they little put out they put the two movies out i was like the hell it's like when is hanzo coming out you know yeah it, well hanzo is part of the criterion collection albeit it? it yes it is it's streaming on hulu as part of the criterion collection i, I was kind of shocked because i was just browsing shit and the, whoa yeah. if that suggests that it's coming out who knows but it's part of the criterion collection on hulu so it's streaming in full i never get them i never know you know what they're going for, you know? I mean, shit. There's a lot of stuff I would recommend for them that they uh, that seems like it's too, uh, you know, they're they're too prissy for. But at the same time, then they put out stuff like Lady Snowblood and, and Armageddon back in the day too. Armageddon, so. Jesus. What else? Wait, that, there was another one that was really like some terrible Hollywood movie I saw them release. It, it's so weird. I guess people just collect everything they get. That's how they stay in business, you know. But, you know, you'd think something like uh, a John Woo box set, because they did hard-boiled. You'd think like a John Woo box set would probably sell better than some of these fucking, like, really obscure Japanese directors and stuff they'll put out. Like, Well, I think art appeals more to folks, and that, there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, I, I do agree, because 
back in the day, source, sources might have been harder to come by, but most of the big stuff you, you can probably request from Hong Kong, unless Fortune Star is fucking them in the ass with like upscales from DVD and shit like that, because they own a lot of big, a lot of the big, big stuff, you know. But hey, we got some Taiwanese classics. Touch of Zen just came out, and Dragon Inn is coming, so, uh, you know, there's some hope. Only until a little, little bit until we get mine, fuck, you know. Yep, yeah, in a box set with Ghoul Sex Squad. <laughs> Let's see some respected scholar do an essay on that in a book that, like, don't hurt me, I was forced to do this. <laughs> Let me write that, I can write some shit for, for them. Like, hey, this is awesome, like, we got dirty genitalia, and, like, that says it all, that's part of movie history, people. Why these movies aren't more respected, I have no idea. The booklet would be like 10 pages of like, what a mindfuck spread out over 10 pages, you know. There it is. Boom. Boom. That's all you need. All right. Maybe Ebola syndrome, syndrome somewhere down the line. <laughs> it did get a US release, a special edition. So uh, there, 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 there's been stuff produced for it. Someone cares. And uh, we'll take a musical break. Uh, and uh, after that break, we'll uh, discuss that very movie, Ebola syndrome from 1996. 20 years old. 20? Yeah, 20. And uh, still holds... Uh, well, does it hold any any power? Do, do, do we have any likes or love for it? Well, you'll see. So, <laughs> alrighty. See you guys after break. To our review of Ebola Syndrome, in this very classy, where we're sitting here in our smo- smoking jackets and discuss uh, classy movies about uh, Anthony Wong uh, biting his own arm and spitting on people and giving them Ebola that way. Welcome to the Criterion Collection Corner. <laughs> 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 so here we go. Plot from my review of the film Kai, played by Anthony Wong, works as a chef at a Chinese restaurant in Johannesburg, South Africa. He's been on the run for 10 years after a brutal triple murder in Hong Kong. Uh, while him and his boss, Kay, played by Law Meng from The Five Venoms, he's the muscle man from The uh, Five Hell Venoms. Yeah. And also the guy who gets, um, the, uh, he, he becomes the deaf and mute uh, guy in and the uh, Crippled Avengers, indeed. Uh, they are out buying cheap pig meat from a tribe, and uh, while there, Kai exercises some sexual desires by taking advantage of an apparently sick and helpless tribe's woman. Unfortunately... She goes into some form of death spasm with Kai inside of her, and at the same time infects him with the deadly Ebola virus. Kai is on the brink of dying, while doctors explain that 1 out of 10 million are actually immune to the virus. And it turns out it's none other than Kai himself who is immune. And he's a disgruntled worker to boot. After wiping out his employees, he goes on a sex and death rampage that takes him back to Hong Kong. There it is. What do you think waka, in short? Waka waka, waka, waka in Zeus. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think in short about Ebola syndrome, my friend? I think it is the touching story of one man's, one good man's fight against bullying. Which man is that? Kai. <laughs> I, did, I didn't see him in the movie. <laughs> he's, he's fighting against bullying everywhere he goes. People are bullying him. It's kind of like the WWE's uh, oh, BSR campaign. Oh, no, stop <laughs> it. Do you want me to leave for five minutes? <laughs> 
no idea what he's talking about. Can, can we have subtitles for this stuff? <laughs> also, uh, it's kind of like Gigi Allen's career kind of uh, bottled up and put into one poisonous like bucket of shit and thrown at the screen. Okay, so, not sure who Gigi go. Allen is, but to do like come the on, Gigi <laughs> Allen, dude. Nope, nope, no idea. Hey, he was this punk rocker. And, oh yeah, I think uh, you were telling me you were telling me about him during the trilogy of last episode. Believe me, I re- I re-listened to that stuff not too long ago. You're talking? Did, did he like? Didn't he do like stuff with his genitals and stuff on? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, he he would perform. He'd strip naked, shit on himself, and smear it all over his body, and then punk throw it at the crowd. Anarchy. And he'd constantly get into fist fights with everybody in the crowd, and they beat the shit out of him while he was on stage, and. He had lyrics like, uh, you've got cancer, so go fucking die. Uh, <laughs> if you've got AIDS, spread it around, take some lives. Oh, wow. Die when you die. When you die, you're going to die. Uh, I listened to Gigi a little bit back in the day. It's good stuff. Let's go back uh, to, the, to the corridor. Like or dislike for Ebola syndrome? Love. Love. I enjoy, I, I, I enjoy that opinion, and I agree with it. It's highly polit- politically incorrect. <laughs> it's offensive. It's disgusting, but for the category free crowd, it's a well blended recipe of extremes in terms of the black humor and graphic imagery. It's uh, so much fun. You can sort of nitpick and uh, take it apart, but it's uh, it, it, it's a little bit of a one of a kind because it goes for some disgusting stuff. Uh, but uh, we'll 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 talk of it. You know, I talked of the smell of vision, and uh, it's uh, it would have been so great because Anthony Wong is constantly just sniffing and. <laughs> You know, and wiping himself, and he's masturbating into pieces of meat and uh, your pork, and uh, you just look at that character, right? And you just can't imagine he takes showers regularly or anything. Right. He has this stringy long hair that half the time it looks like it's just uh, sticking to his face with sweat. And uh, they did everything they could to make Anthony Wong just appear disgusting in this movie. And here's this guy who now is like, you know, Hong Kong royalty, you know, he's in every third movie released, you know. Respectable still in 1996, like he had not... Right. He, he had a Best Actor award uh, already, <laughs> that, you know, the untold story, mind you, which he didn't, right. like, really cherish as such. He just said it was politics, really, but uh, uh, still, he was known and uh, respected to a, to a degree, so this wasn't, like, the dark days of Anthony Wong or anything. Nope. No. He would have done this movie today if he was over, right. I'm sure. I don't know if this movie would be made today, unfortunately. Yeah, it's a little bit like like that. Anthony and Herman could get together and do a movie. That's 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 pretty much a given. But uh, yeah, it's a it's a you would have to do it as a Hong Kong movie for one. You couldn't do it with the mainland or anything because uh, <laughs> not this character. He hates he hates the mainland. He hates everyone. Uh, from frame one, uh, this movie and its subtitles, it's asking kids to play with themselves. <laughs> <laughs> There's a subtitle gaff. There, you see a little kid. They say, "Go, Lily, or whatever. Go play with yourself." So, welcome to the movies, kid. <laughs> <laughs> and it gets going with uh, not very attractive sex. So, what does this say about uh, the character? Because he he does like five second interval type of, of uh, everything, right? Of everything, every, yeah. Every position, because he's 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 just a classic Hong Kong horn dog. You know, he, he gets some boobies in his face. Got to have those for a couple seconds. Oh, now I'm moving on to this. Oh, go back and suck. Go back and suck. Oh, go get poor boobies in my face. Well, go and, back and, and suck. that is the dialogue. He he is never, ever quiet in this scene either. <laughs> right. 
I want to squeeze. I fucking lick it. Suck it. Damn you, bastard! Because he, he is angry as well. <laughs> At the same time. Probably uh, the husband, uh, because um, this uh, woman is cheating on her husband, played by Xing Fuyuan. And uh, Anthony Wong is getting some from uh, from this lady. And uh, he even gags her. He puts something in her mouth in order for him to focus. So he just goes, like, you know, just so I can focus, just so I can focus. So, whoa, you know. So this world is set up. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a world with face urination. Of course, yes. It's a gangster world, but I doubt Xing Fuyuan is anything other than a low-level boss, which means Kai, who's his, who's not his superior, mm-hmm. is even more low-level. So it, the movie sets up that this is not... Uh, it's, it, there's no glamour anywhere, including in this little hierarchy of uh, triads. Uh. Any notes on this uh, first sequence? Sequence, It's a big murder sequence uh, of the movie. Like, uh, Does it show promise for the movie? Absolutely. I think what... It's almost as if, you know... The untold story, the previous Herman Yao and uh, Anthony Wong picture, ended basically with a massacre. And it feels like this movie begins with a massacre. Mm-hmm. It's like an intentional statement of, okay, you know, that was that. Now, here we go. They, they even had a little um, temporary uh, Category 2B excursion together, which they both, especially Anthony Wong, deems... His, one of his favorite movies. Uh, there's a movie called Taxi Hunter. Yeah, Taxi. Which is a, um, a vigilante movie, which is really excellent, actually. So, um, but but yeah, Anthony's look is set up so well here, and it has sort of become, even though it's the sort of go-to image to show from Ebola syndrome, but it has sort of become iconic, hasn't it? With his sweaty, long, stringy hair, as you said, and then with blood all over his face. It really sets the tone, doesn't it, for uh, for what he's done and what he's going to do, I guess. And and also, you can kind of look at it. Well, he has stood up the character. He was about to be, you know, degraded, and all, well, he was really degraded, by the way. <laughs> but he stood he up. Tried bullying him. That's the problem. Exactly. So you saw, okay, he stood up for them, but he stood up in an, in an immoral way, really. So. There's really no chance to root for a character uh, like that. Uh, and also, I, I love the little dialogue when he sees the person with the glasses that comes into the apartment, and then he stops and says to him, like, Hey, I'm killing them, so what? <laughs> <laughs> I killed them, so what? And then he fucks off to South Africa. So Right, and he would have killed the child that was there if they hadn't stopped him. And it's probably the weaker aspect of this script, although it's not that really important, is how that child connects back to to Anthony Wong uh, and really her triggers for whenever Anthony Wong is near her. So uh, even though it's later in the movie, uh, I want to talk about what that trigger is, so uh, what she feels whenever he's around. I agree. I think uh, it would have been so much easier for her to have just recognized him by face and sold the script you know, so much better if you'd been like, oh, okay. Well, she's going to try to be quiet about it. Da, da, da. Maybe the cops will begin a small investigation. Maybe they don't take her serious. You know, you could have went with it that way. Instead, they have her basically state she could smell blood. Like she smelled blood when her parents were killed uh, later when she comes to uh, Anthony Wong's restaurant that he's working in, of course. 
And, uh, yeah, so she smells blood there. And then they try to go to the police like idiots. Like, why would you go but to you the police? But you feel nauseous as well. Like, uh, oh, yeah, that, that yeah. whole thing about feeling nauseous, I thought, was a really weak source, to be honest. Uh, they, they, they couldn't even reel it in. Uh, because right. he looks the same. Like, it's ten years between the uh, the events. But right. he, he looks the same. Like, that character is not going to go through any changes, you know, uh, hair color or body type or anything. <laughs> she keeps having flashbacks to the killing. You know, where she sees him and, and, you know, all vivid glory. And it's like, uh, just would have been easier to have her recognize him. But, uh, you know, you get over it, though. Like, the, the movie oh, has so, so many more highlights. Uh, and uh, one highlight is, uh, it, it, I mean, it's not a big budget production, but still they conceived it as a movie set somewhere. And in this case, they set it in South Africa. And there are... And I think, if I remember correctly, the interviews and the commentary on the US DVD, they do state that they did indeed go to Johannesburg, which makes sense because they, they encounter both uh, black and white people down there. And uh, even though, of course, there's a mixture everywhere in Africa, I'm sure. But in Johannesburg, I, I think uh, there's a valid case for that being the case. And uh, it always adds a little uh, little extra like ding, to, uh, to a movie in Hong Kong to go abroad, to take its business abroad. Right. Even though it's not shot in, like, it's not big it's Lawrence not of Arabia epic or anything. Like, they shoot it in Johannesburg, it's sort of grimy, but uh, it adds a little flavor. What do you think? Oh, I definitely think it, it adds, you know, something like that always adds to the budget of a movie. You know, makes it appear bigger, makes it seem larger. And uh, you can definitely tell where they are. They do take advantage of the uh, scenery, you know, within the film, I think it's uh, their trip out to the tribes and stuff like that. It's pretty cool. They're in the same frame as that, um, what is it, a leopard? Like, uh, Law Meng and yeah. Anthony Wong, they're in the same frame as that. I couldn't spot any, like, uh, no. thing between them. I wouldn't have done that for a million bucks, dude. Like, at least <laughs> give me, like, a gun so I can shoot myself. Uh, like, right. if a- anything closely resembling going wrong happens, I'll just blow my brains out right there. Because, dear lord. That that sequence is uh, really well done. They kind of had their backs turned. I don't know. Maybe they. I would have had a uh, you know body double there. You know, let somebody else do that shit. But can't tell for sure. Yeah, so it got my heart uh, racing a little bit. But even in South Africa, like everyone's a bully. You know, even when they buy meat meat from uh, the wild the wild older man, uh, <laughs> you know, Kai starts spouting his uh, his uh, wonderfully. Um, elaborate English language when he's dissatisfied. You know, so as soon as he hears that uh, he's uh, being stingy uh, with the price and all of, all of that, and he says, like, fuck you, get out of my store. And Anthony Wong does, I fuck you today, I fuck you tomorrow. It just goes on a Jeez. rant uh, based on those two. <laughs> those two uh, expletives, uh, expe- uh, like foul sentences and what have you. I just love that. He has this short uh, fuse. Like, it's akin to the untold story character in terms of he, he can he can go from zero to 100 quickly. But here, this character is uh, just way more like, uh, you know, foul and smelly and uh, uncivilized. And uh, yeah. the, the untold story character was, you know, a murdering psycho and a pretty scary one at that. I felt like, yeah, the untold story followed a character who kind of had a plan throughout most of the film. You know, he always was, you know, kind of thinking ahead this character just seems to fly by the seat of his pants go from one 
sequence to the next, you know, uh, you know, okay, well now I want sex, so I'm going to go do this, you know. He just he's basically he's a, he's an animal. Very much so. Like, like when he offers uh offers money to the to the white prostitute in the club like right. I I can give you 50, I can grasp you. Uh, 50, another 50, I can fuck you. And then he <laughs> she, she just reacts to him smelling bad as well like why don't you people ever wash? <laughs> <laughs> So it seems like a racist movie. I'm not sure you can argue that it's a racist movie. It's a character that hates everything and everyone. Right. He definitely uh, has racial preferences, but uh, so do the people around him, it seems, you know. But is it genuinely funny, though? For instance, when Anthony Wong is masturbating, uh, caressing uh, bras and listening in on Lo Meng, Superman fucking his wife, you know? <laughs> is it good fun? Is it good goofy fun? Oh, yeah. I mean, you can take from it what you want. If you just want to be grossed out by everything, I think, uh, you know, him masturbating into the meat and then putting the meat back is enough to, <laughs> for sale. so gross. Like, like, that's enough of a gross out thing that you're not going to be worried about laughing. But if you, if you have a dark sense of humor, it's definitely there. We we know men are desperate when, when horny, but uh, Anthony takes it to a new level with uh, the meat. He needs to sort of penetrate something you know <laughs> you can't just do it with your hand no, <laughs> no, no. and then he, he he does indeed ejaculate into it we, we don't see that but uh, he puts it into a freezer and all's good um i mean maybe it would not be dangerous to eat i don't know the day after it's uh still as disgusting as hell such a slob such a horrible person Lo Meng, I mean, you, you think of him. Uh, oh, Shaw Brothers veteran, a muscle man, my yeah. God. And here he's displaying the fact that he's a game actor. Yeah. And his character, you know, still looks, you, you know, if you look at him today, he still looks, uh, you know, awesome. Mm-hmm. He hasn't grown disgustingly old or anything. And in 1996, he was still the same. So he's, that character is, uh, he's got powers. He's got sexual powers. And therefore, Herman Yao isn't aiming to depict sex in an erotic way, right? It's more, <laughs> like humorous you, you, or gross yeah, I guess you, you, you know superheroes so this must have appealed to you <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> very Superman-esque you know it's just like all the comics where Superman bangs Lois <laughs> but, but, he, but he doesn't say the classic it's a bird it's a plane he says <laughs> it's a bird it's a pig and then <laughs> Superman I didn't even get where he was going with that I didn't even get it <laughs> I was like, it's a bird. I was like, okay, he must be listing like kung fu, like shit, like they usually do, you know, bird style or something like that. That's what I was thinking he was going with. And then he, just like every man in these movies, when he's done, he's very exhausted. <laughs> <You> know, it, <laughs> at, at least he looked like he was putting an effort. Like, I mean, most of these movies, like the, these uh, average looking sex scenes, when, when people are done, they just, you know, slump over like they're 90% like less energy now. But uh, Lo Meng at least put in some effort. All of their daily energy went into that. You know, let's get back to that. Uh, just because I have that wonderfully <sighs> disgusting quote from Anthony Wong's character. You know, in all seriousness, is, is this is this movie on the wrong side of... Uh, I, I know I stated this, but it, it's politically incorrect. Right. Does that ever bother you, considering how racist this character is, you know, what he says about, in the subtitles, Negroes and stuff like that? Did, you know, would that bother you, personally? <laughs> Not personally. Uh, you know, the movie has its intent, and it shows it to you in every single frame. I mean, 
you, it's supposed to offend. It's supposed to be shocking. It's supposed to be disgusting. You know, this character is a horrible human being. You know, of course he would have views like this. You know, what do you think he's going to be like? You know, oh, well, you know, I, I love people of all race and gender and creed. You know, no, of course not. He's a fucking disgusting, horrible person that spreads Ebola around. You know, <laughs> and there's never any inside voice uh, concept no. for for case. So he even says that when he's driving with Lo Meng out to buy cheap pigs from that uh, tribe and it doesn't look like a sanitary place to buy pigs from but they're cheap so he says Anthony Wong's character and they subtitle it like this a negro's also dark you can't see expressions on their face at night or oh, something yeah oh yeah. my lord okay we've yeah. set it up <laughs> you know there we go what I also liked about the fact that it's uh, abroad and considering they bring in this uh, you know that this tribe has a lot of sick people and you see blisters and shit that mm-hmm. it, it feels a little bit like when Italy went uh, abroad to do the cannibal movies and stuff like that. I like yeah. that feeling. You know, it's mm-hmm. it can be a very effective, grisly feeling. And Herman Yao, you know, it's not a horror movie per se. It isn't that it's not tension-filled and horrific. Other than in this sequence, I suppose, when we see these, uh, these uh, tribes uh, characters lying there with blisters on their faces and... Uh, people trying to uh, uh, perform these uh, rituals to make them better again or what have you. It's very much like something you'd see on a Mondo tape or something like that, you know, some uh, you know, this tribal village is, you know, taken over by a plague watch how they try, you know, that sort of thing the camera looms and kind of, you know, watches all these things that uh, western and you know, even some, you know, Asian audiences would find disgusting or weird you know but let's also discuss the, uh, when it all happens, you know, when the Ebola, uh, when the Ebola, uh, tra- uh, tra- not transformation, but the transferring of Ebola happened. I mean, he is a bit of an over-sexualized character, isn't he? Yes. Typical Hong Kong male. It looks like he's coming to that woman's aid first, and then right, he sees yeah, her yeah. boobs, <laughs> and then what happens, Joshua? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well, what it is, he's trying to lift her up. Like, she she kind of falls down by this riverbank, and uh, he comes up behind her. He, like, grabs her by the under the arms. He's like, oh, you know, I'm going to help you up. And then, like, he see her boobs are out in the open. Of course, she's a tribes person. So, yeah, he's like, oh, such big boobs. <laughs> I think he's such, literally such big press. He, oh he needs to comment on it. It's not even the. It's not even voiceover. You know. Right? Who's he talking to? <laughs> like, so of course he's like, oh well, let me just lay you down right here, <laughs> and uh, you know, let's spread those legs and let's have some fun. That's basically what. You're happens. dying anyway, so might as well. Right? You know, you're dying anyway. Like, doesn't that scare you, dude? Jesus. Nope. Nope. He's that horrible. Like that. The, 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 there's no uh, thoughts of uh, consequences opposed to any act. You know, it's all in in the moment. In the moment, like sex, sex, alive, alive or not, it's sex. <laughs> exactly. And uh, what a wonderful sight to see her go into death spasms and Anthony presumably getting his uh, dick squeezed by. The fact that her body is, uh, you know, <laughs> squeezing tight as well. Like, yeah, and, uh, it's also, I think, the first time we get uh, someone spitting up the white uh, fluid, huh? I believe so. Yeah, indeed. And, uh, you know, isn't it wonderful, though? Like, th- there were no rules in Hong Kong for a while, though. No. It's it's almost like in, in, in 1996, like, uh, we we they weren't this type of cinema where a free-for-all nature wasn't frowned upon. Uh, you can, if you write a story like this, it can easily be made. 
Right. And it's such a wonderful time capsule to me that a movie like Ebola Syndrome exists and is allowed to be this gross. I mean, we're not talking the grossest, most graphic, heinous shit ever made. But there is something to be said for how far it goes in terms of trying to gross us out, even if it's just about Anthony Wong's character appearing. Like, that's gross enough, almost. (laughs) Yeah. His face and his hair is enough to get you... I wanted to ask you, do you think Anthony Wong, or Herman Yao and Anthony Wong, were aiming to do a parody of the untold story, partly, considering what he does with uh, his victims in South Africa, where he grinds them up into meat and all of that? Or um, How did you see that? A parody or just like a little wink to, to their prior semi-serious movie, anyway? It's hard to say. I mean, I don't know if I would call it a parody, because it kind of traverses similar territory in the fact that both are kind of supposed to be shocking in ways. This one... It could be just that they wanted to kind of like, not necessarily make a sequel, but to form a continuation, you know, to be like, okay, well, that was this story, but this, you know, this, we're in the same universe kind of thing, you know, kind of, it's, it's like the Marvel expanded universe, actually, (laughs) you know, it's like the Marvel cinematic universe. They want to create new characters so that hopefully eventually we'll get all of the different Anthony Wong's teaming up in one movie. That's what I think happened. And it never happened. happened. (laughs) There's still time. They're both alive. We gotta get one more movie, though. Maybe some... Maybe it'll be like the uh, Captain America of the bunch, and it'll have, like, some guy back in the 1940s cooking up human beings, (laughs) and uh, he gets frozen, and when he's awakened, he uh, teams up with the newly regenerated Ebola man, Kai, and, uh, you know. And then they present it to the Chinese investors and the project dies. <laughs> so I guess uh, we have to do it ourselves in Hong Kong then. <laughs> if they can even do it there. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the difference here is like they don't do uh, pork buns this time. It's uh, African buns. So uh, <laughs> because it, it, it's hamburgers, right? He's doing hamburgers. He's so it but, looks like crystal burgers too. Them little small burgers. But 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 he pushes. Uh, you know he pushes Herman uh, Yao uh, these uh, disgusting buttons well because we all know they're eating the meat of the people he he killed from uh, the day before. You know, um, right? Two people, three people. <laughs> yeah, so they're eating. Uh, you know tainted meat and all that because uh, he probably sneezed all over that stuff you know multiple times whether he uh meant uh meant to do it or not so and he infected the entire family as he was fighting them and stuff too so outbreak it is not but uh wouldn't wouldn't it be funny if uh outbreak were like the movie outbreak remember that kids yeah. if they were looking for this guy instead and not patient zero you know the monkey you know <laughs> imagine if they did a big budget thing where they were looking for this mad guy in hong kong i would love to see that odd mixture of uh like what a disgusting character but he's sick oh my god have dustin hoffman speak to him at the end of the movie to see if he can see the error of his ways why haven't i done this like as a trailer mashup that'd be a great idea yeah, you, you get these idea when you, well, ideas while you're doing this show. You have to take notes to make sure you uh, execute. You did the Eat My Bomb, uh, the Eat My Bomb uh, montage, the Gates of Hell montage. You did that. Yes. So uh, maybe that's enough, really. <laughs> like, you, you, <laughs> you've done your part for human race, for human race. Right, by right. 
do you think yeah, it um, you know maintains fun and pace and all of that as it transfers to Hong Kong and becomes the procedural as well as they uh, as they put together the pieces and try to get this guy who is on his sex and death rampage and he's also loaded by this point you know because he's stolen money so do 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 you think it uh, holds up throughout throughout the movie? The first time I saw it back in the day, I, I felt like when it went back to Hong Kong, I was like, eh, you know. It just seemed like a, a drastic change in pace for me. But like as I've watched it throughout the years, I've I've enjoyed more and more the second Hong Kong sequence. I feel like uh, it, the pace is fine. I don't feel any kind of issues with it whatsoever. Now. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because it's fun to see Anthony now in a, in a power position, uh, right. being superior. I just love his satisfied look when he's in control and stuff, where he just sort of squeezes his eyes a little bit. As it being as oral sex is performed on him, uh, so he's not only like doing the sniffing and shit, but uh, like so so superior looking. And it's a big performance, all right. Of course, it's over the top, but when you have someone as dedicated to this as Anthony, and I'm I'm sure it wasn't hard for him right. to do. I'm sure it was just a blast to just think of no consequences because it's money on and food on the table, and I get to work with my best friend. Right. So shut the fuck up. I'll do what I do. <laughs> We're going to make the most disgusting character we can. This guy's going to be outrageous. And it was. I love uh, the uh, sex scene he has with the two prostitutes. And he uh, you know, flashes his uh, ropey English. I mean, Anthony's English is uh, impeccable. I mean, it's half, it's yeah. half English. So I love the little... <laughs> When 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 the like the it's a Western prostitute with him as well. He says I take off my clothesy and then <laughs> more money, no condom. <laughs> so he obviously has sex and effects um uh, by kissing as well. Like there's some great little I call him Ebola saliva beats. You know, where Wong comes at the camera and his tongue is already out to make out make out with her. Like right. <laughs> and uh, in a way that's part tension. And part goofy, so I I know how many hours in meaning that it's not meaning to do like the greatest thriller ever made, but it's part serious and there are some creative ways in terms of infection and how visually Hermione shows this. My favorite being, I think it's the Western lady when he's at she's at the hair salon and starts and she's having her hair shampooed. And then oh, it all yeah. happens to her while she spits upwards into the guy's face. Yeah. And, you know, you get the ball rolling that way. But, um, dude, there, there are some, uh, more, some special effects sequences to show how bacteria is, uh, you know, in the air and stuff like that. And even inside. Some digital work. Yeah. We, we get a shot from inside, uh, you know, inside Anthony Wong's mouth, which is, uh, not where we want it to be necessarily, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. There's some digital work and sufficient work, I would say. Do you know what the best bit was for me in terms of laughing out loud when he uh, reunites with his wife and he says, "I'm rich now. I, I, I have money. I've made my own passport. Look at it. Isn't it great?" And it looks like the glue is coming off, like the passport photo. <laughs> it's not attached at all. And I, I just thought that was hilarious. Like, look at what I made. <laughs> I have money now. This is what I can do. Like, this is the level I aspire to. <laughs> <laughs> this is where I've always wanted to be. Here I am. It's it's priceless by the end, of course, uh, once the hunt is on. So, um, we, we, without spoiling the ending or anything, any spontaneous highlights from when Anthony Wong finds out that people are after him because he has Ebola and he realizes why 
he isn't sick. So, any spontaneous highlights, but in terms of what Anthony and the character does. It's like 15 to 20 minutes of highlights. <laughs> Ebola! Ebola! <laughs> I don't know what I mean. Who has seen a character running around with a cleaver in Hong Kong, in the back alleys of Hong Kong, shouting that very thing? <laughs> Slicing open his arm so he can, you know, suck out blood and spit it on people's faces. <laughs> It's just priceless because he sort of does it just as people are pausing and just spits them. Just let's spread it together, and they sort of what? (laughs) Like what just happened? It's so offhand, so sort of casual almost. It's so crazy because you know we had that Ebola scare here. You know, like one person comes in the country, infects a dozen others, and just the whole country goes on panic watch. Like even at the hospital now when. I'm, you know, doing admission, uh, admission assessments and stuff like that of patients. Uh, the last question we always ask them is, have you been around anybody who has had Ebola-like symptoms? Have you been out of the country within the past 90 days? And have you been in contact with anyone from Africa? It, it's a serious thing, you know, just from one person or so coming into contact. Here he spreads it to probably... 30, 40 people. You know? yeah, yeah, it seems so out of control, man, uh, which makes it part scary, I guess, that yeah. this is going to be hard to contain because he's spitting all over the place and has, right. uh, you know, had sex with multiple persons and it's spreading in South Africa as well. And not only that, they have those sequences with him sneezing. Like you said, he sneezes on two or three people. Then there's the cop, there's his girlfriend, there's the one he slept with, there's, uh, you know, everybody's come in contact with because he's such a disgusting slob. <laughs> and they're, they're telling him he's got the Ebola just adds to his arsenal by that right, point. You so know? he's like, oh, now I'm really in power. <laughs> like, take off my clothes, or Ebola! <laughs> <laughs> like, no money, Ebola! It's, it's good fun, I mean... Uh, <laughs> this is not a fantasy illness as uh, as joshua said so i mean uh watching it in the cinemas and uh if someone coughed a little bit wonder if people were like oh my god watching outbreak uh, on on the same note who knows i i enjoy it it's um it's sort of late category free era fun because it's in 1996 and they weren't doing these movies as much anymore but uh, it's still even if it would have been done in 1993 it would have been a very unique experience because it doesn't replicate a lot of elements. No true life crime, not another period sex bonkathon, or not like in, or office, you know, sexophon. Uh, you know, its beats and content is uh, very much uh, unique for its time and uh, good fun. Great movie, yeah, yeah, because it's good fun. I think it's great, but uh, you know, it's not critics proof or anything. God no, God knows it's not. Anything else you want to say before we uh, before we end this? Classic. That's all I can say. It's what it is. It's uh, definitely when you think of Hong, you know, Hong Kong Category Three, this and Untold Story are probably the two movies most people think of. I would say. Yeah, it's it made Herman Yao being singled out as sort of Hong Kong's gore king. Right. But it, which is not unfair, but because if you only have a couple of movies to reference out of such a vast filmography. Then no wonder, but he certainly has, you know, a varied filmography and still 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 does provide that very thing. And and even return to the category free fray a couple of years ago with a fairly nasty one called Gong Tao and Oriental Black Magic, which starred Mark Cheng, and I quite liked that movie. It was a nice uh, 
nice, disgusting sort of push into dark, grimy horror. Even if it's just like this horrible shot of a... It's a puppet, but the character is a, a baby has been infected by black magic and like it has exploded from within. So you see it is like infant, just dead on, on, on like an autopsy table. That's whoa, man. Jeez. But uh, decent little movie, decent little movie. Uh, so we'll, we'll get to that and have a... Have a 90s party in a post-millennium movie kind of thing, maybe. <laughs> uh, all right, yeah, as for availability, it's been represented plenty on both Dutch and French DVD, uh, as well as Hong Kong DVD, in the original category-free version that is uh, missing violence and gore amounting to about two minutes. And I'll show you in the show post, I'll send a, uh, provide rather, a link that illustrates all of these differences uh, that uh, because uh, this footage has, been, has turned up uh, elsewhere. And... Uh, that is specifically on the US-released Discotech Media DVD that had extras such as Herman Yao and Anthony Wong audio commentary, as well as interviews. And uh, all, it also has the, this reel as extras of said cut footage in quite good quality, but uh, not with, uh, with not with music. So it was uh, uh, missing music, but uh, it existed. This cut footage existed and could be remastered up to the same quality as the feature, really. And that's what we subsequent. That's why we subsequently got. And I don't know if they're official or not, but Austrian releases on DVD that included, or rather inserted these extra scenes into the feature, and therefore released them as uncut or extended. So, um, but they they turned up just fairly recently when the Discotheque Media DVD came out, like four years ago. And uh, that DVD can still be bought, albeit that price is ranging from thirty dollars to one hundred. So, and f- thirty is okay because the extras are fun. Like they they have a full commentary with Herman Yao and Anthony Wong, and I remember the line from Anthony uh, multiple times. Really, why do these Europeans like this stuff? Because <laughs> so he didn't really understand what the cult appeal was. They, this was just another silly movie they did. These guys, which is a fair perspective, and. Uh, Anthony is in the interview as well. They did an, uh, an English interview with um, Herman Yao. Anthony is just sitting in there and uh, Herman tries to ask him a little bit, why did you do this movie, man? And Anthony sort of under his breath, I only did it because of the money. <laughs> and la- laughing to himself like a little schoolboy, and Amph- and Herman cracks up. So you know, it's cool to see these friends interact. And uh, he's he's probably telling the truth. Like, It's not like I thought this was going to be great, but it was work, man. <laughs> but he put us all into it like uh, it was a flop mind you but uh, he got paid so alrighty buddy let's uh, take a break and uh, we'll uh, re-enter the Chinese torture chamber story chamber I guess <laughs> by reviewing the second of the stories and then there were none after that they didn't pursue this series anymore after after the 1998 unrelated sequel but uh, we're gonna only go through only two stories only two stories and uh, we have a complete coverage my friend Oh yeah, yeah. We co- we conclude and execute and uh, all of that. So, uh, but they uh, will tell you all of uh, all of you about uh, what the movie is about and what our views are on this uh, darker, unrelated sequel to the 1994 Kung Fu Flying Fuck Torture Fest kind of thing. <laughs> no Kingdom Yun this time. Uh, this time with uh, trying to get bigger boobs and shit. But, uh, we'll be back after the break to uh, to discuss that. So sit tight. Thank you. 
Welcome back in the second review of this episode is a Chinese Torture Chamber Story 2 from 1998 and plot from my review of the film Lotus Wong played by Yolinda Yan from John Woo's Bullet in the Head is headed for slow cruel execution of the murdering Governor Ma Sun Yi played by Rape by an Angel's Mark Cheng. We cut to happier times, uh, where, the down, where the downward spiral started. And uh, Lotus is the fiancé of uh, Cheng Man Chong, played by Oscar Lam, the lead in The Forbidden Legends Sex and Chopsticks 1 and 2, who, along with uh, his sworn brother Wong Chung, have resorted to robbery in the light of their poverty situation, attempting to rob the government official. Uh, to be, that is, uh, he's not, uh, he's not there yet. Uh, Ma Sun Yi, the free strike up uh, brotherhood instead, and Ma promises uh, the men and their women a place in the government and a good life. Soon, it becomes evident they are pawns in a game of deception and uh, stuff like that and torture. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, short torture. opinion, torture. There's uh, some nastier stuff here versus the first movie. All right, uh, in my opinion, let's uh, just say that for now. But uh, what's your short opinion of uh, this uh, unrelated? sequel to uh, Wong, the Wong Jing production of uh, of the past, and it's still a Wong Jing production, I should say. I would say it has more of a uh, meaner intent than the first film. Like, it's more of... Its intent is to show you the human effects of the violence and things like that, so in that case, it becomes a bit more disturbing, you know, if you're taking... It makes it you take it a little bit more serious, I think. But anyway, um, I think overall, it's shocking. Characters are interesting, but... I don't know if it really grasped me, you know, like as far as like it doesn't really lure no me grasp into the story. busting, you're saying? No, yeah, my busts were not grasped during the movie. Thumbs uh, down. <laughs> no, not at all. Thumbs are still up. I still enjoyed it. And on. I, also, they, they don't do torture like that, but they, they could have, I guess. It's a cl- yeah. classic torture method, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, overall, I think it, it has its... Uh, Hits and misses, I guess. Right on, right on. I sort of agree. It's a cheap, but, um, you know, energetic and creative dark sides are sort of highlights for me. And it also proves that the category free stamp could get sort of approval in 1998 even, even though they were not making these movies as frequently. Uh, but, But since it doesn't spice up you know, the tough-to-watch stuff with also schizophrenic nuttiness like the first movie. It's one of those few examples of uh, a somewhat disturbing period uh, right. p- period movie uh, came to this. It's, it's not deep, and it's classier Shaw Brothers' predecessor, which is uh, Chang Chi's The Blood Brothers. Uh, it's, sort of, it's that same story. It's based on a true story. The Blood Brothers remain unchallenged, but the adult entertainment perspective on this story is uh, it's effective. I quite like it, even though it's not uh, effective all throughout. I think the costume of Mark Cheng helps a lot, actually. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, because there, there, there's some weak, uh, weaker acting... Uh, surrounding him but we'll get to that did you notice the screenplay credit by the way oh i probably didn't what was it screenplay by dick dick <laughs> no last name does says dick it just said i <laughs> yep. missed that in english Jeez. indeed which is uh the credit for this one time credit there's no other credits is in chinese is dick sang but our director dick cho is actually a very competent director, having done the drama, triad drama, Secret Science, which is also a category-free movie, that had some effective mockumentary approach, partly. 
And he also did the wacky Chinese erotic ghost story, not to be confused with erotic ghost story. It's a Latin movie with uh, Ronald Wong, an actor that you've uh, seen uh, without us extensively highlighting him. But he appears as... Uh, he, he uh, yeah he plays a penis in that one and he spits uh, he spits stuff out of his mouth to uh, to uh, sort of symbolize visualize that he's uh, coming oh okay any Ebola no no he had no Ebola in that one no fortunately oh. but it's a Chinese erotic ghost story type of uh, time and it's also called that and uh, Dick uh, Dick Cho is also a behind the scenes person on movies such as Once Upon a Time in China and America. So uh, you know he's allowed to work uh, to work with actual uh, with actual talent too, in actual classier productions. It is a real life story. I mean, I have not read up on it extensively, but the Blood Brothers from 1973 uh, with uh, David Chang, Di Long, Chen Kuan directed by Chang Jia, it uh, depicted this real life court case in one of the dynasties where this real life you know official or general Ma Sun Yi was assassinated and uh, I don't know if this is true but both movies depict this that the person assassinating him was you know a sworn brother so there was some conflict there possibly having to do with uh, like a uh, that it was a romantic conflict so that's what the blood brothers uh, depicted so th- this is you know per definition another true life crime movie only a period movie so it's not uh, a Dr. Lamb of the untold story in in feel because it uh, it's not a modern movie so uh it never really connects to a Chinese torture chamber story one, or what would you say? Even though we've said it's unrelated, but uh, what's your thought on that? Is there anything that would make them a great double bit of a name? Well, I mean, you kind of have a story being unfurled around the torture. So, I mean, I guess that ties them together. They kind of have a similar... That's probably as far as the screenwriters went. They just need, oh, we need a connection to that. Okay, well... She's being tortured, and we'll have the uh, story unfold around it. He could have skipped the name and did a separate movie, but uh, I don't sure. mind it being uh, number two. And yeah. uh, and also, they add some new torture methods. And this movie goes. <laughs> this movie is not this parade of like here's like the first movie opens up with here are our torture implements. Look at them; yeah. they're awesome and kind of gross. Yeah. This movie just makes it as mean as they can there's never any they're creative mind you about their meaner like you read about uh, you know and it's kind of a visually alluring to see your linda Yan strapped to that big spider webs and they're gonna perform the thousand uh, thousand cuts to her flesh torture method to get her to talk and that was you know it's a new idea at least and uh i i thought it added um a visual touch that uh, it worked for me or oh, what do you think no, I definitely think uh, they, they. What they do is they take uh, two nets. Essentially, they have the woman pressed between them, and they're using like this pulley system to tighten the nets together, so that uh, eventually her skin starts to pop through the little holes of the net. Basically, then they cut off whatever skin sticks through the net, which is uh, depicted um, in a scene or two, and it looks pretty pretty damn effective, to be honest, because they, they do a close up of obviously a piece of makeup. And that, that looks good. So as yeah. a production, I think it holds up. Uh, it's I mean, it has decent production values, but and that stuff is good. But I have to also say that it, it looks a little bit flat, a little bit like a TV um, TV production. It's it's not as visually arresting interesting. as for in, uh, yeah. interesting or arresting as the first movie. But 
then again, I don't mind that at all because it sets up decent goodwill in terms of casting initially as uh, these uh, brothers meet and become sworn brothers. And a lot of the credit to making the movie as good as I think it is goes to how Dick Cho directs veteran actor Mark Cheng. Because I think he's really, really good. He strikes. He's a handsome actor. He really is. I mean, I've, I've, I've always wanted him to break out a little bit more as a leading man, but he never really did. And uh, because he's been in big movies, man. He was in Picking Opera Blues and uh, why can't I, well, Election 2 for Johnny Toe later on. So, uh, But I think he was very right for darker roles. Um, you know, Rape yeah. by an Angel is, you know, the movie is pretty wild. But his role is, uh, you know, he's committed to that rapist role that spoilers gets AIDS at the end of it. They fool him. <laughs> <laughs> they fool him into having sex with someone who has AIDS. Like, ta-da! <laughs> you, you, uh-huh. did, you didn't rape Ching Miao as you wanted to. You got AIDS, waka, motherfucker. Waka, waka, waka. waka. <laughs> but, but what do you think, what do you think of Mark Cheng? Uh, as, uh, you know, if, we, if we're talking this, uh, this role of uh, someone who's kind initially and then changes. Uh, I, I think he's great in the role. I think he actually sells this drastic change, you know, and he does look haunted in scenes. I think the actual character is probably one of the most interesting parts of the movie because he's at first introduced as this man who follows, like, his Buddhist teachings, and he's uh, actually a genuinely good guy, kind of, you know. I mean, yeah, very conscientious. He's, he's a good fella. And then uh, later, after he t- tastes some power and thinks back to his early life and his introduction to like uh you know violence and torture and things like that it's like he throws all of that away and becomes this bloodthirsty uh madman who's you know desperate to kind of get whatever he wants and keep it the the psychology is actually half not half bad right and that was one of the things that surprised me about it because he sells it through uh some non-verbal acting. It's not this raving madman that has to talk about every feeling that goes on in his in right. his brain right now. And uh, so we'll we'll get a little bit more uh, more to that. But uh, therefore, all of this this story focus, character focus of him lifting up these uh, lowly characters that feel like they have no worth and they they're not educated. So how can they get ahead in life? And he says, "Ma, well, I wasn't educated either. So th- therefore, you have a chance." Because I, I have a chance. So you think you think to yourself, like, why would he be killed? He seems like a swell guy. You right. know, because we know initially he has been murdered by right. Lotus Wong, the woman. And uh, therefore, within all of this, because you're interested in this, for me, the sex scenes felt completely tacked on. <laughs> like, yeah, I, 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 I have no I real don't... interest in this. Can we get on with the actual story? <laughs> There's one towards the end that lasts for nearly five minutes. Five minutes of screen time, you know? Wow, that's way too much. Which is really like, okay, it's a finale of the movie. It's it has Shoot. more purpose than than well, a little bit of a spoiler. Spoiler, but well, come on, I mean, uh, yeah, this is the end of the movie, whatever. But I mean, did we really need a sixty-nine? <laughs> you know, <laughs> always. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, really, you know, to sell the drama of the scene, we needed that. Well, they they do they, they do sort of uh, push our buttons a little bit in terms of like uh, it, it's sort of shoehorned in. I mean, uh, m- more so the earlier sex scene between the other couple, um, uh, not the Oscar Lamb and your Linda Young couple, but the other couple, 
the big guy and and uh, and his uh, slutty wife. <laughs> <laughs> that scene is yeah. They, 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 they sort of have sex in the other room and people are listening in and trying to have a conversation beside it. But it totally felt tacked on because I wasn't interested in the story and the dark story. So, but I know why it's there. Obviously, Wong Jing is not a, a stupid producer. Yeah, sex. We got a good story going on, but some sex. Yeah, I don't know. It is a very bizarre combination because you have really dark violence in the film you know there's tongues ripped out you know dismemberments galore there's a lot of really violent and gross stuff and then you know you're supposed to jack off middle ways through this you know what i'm nope. saying like you don't have to joshua i've told you this you don't have to <laughs> but i mean really it's not a know, requisite I mean, for the podcast i've told you this yeah. before like, oh yeah i have to do it to every scene ken god when Anthony Wong does it into the meat, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> if Kai's going to do it, I'm going to do it. Therefore, it's 4D in my house. <laughs> I, I do like the switch and the story structure, you know, showing uh, that these lowly men are, you know, accepted and uh, brought into a, a better position in life only to be sort of have the rug pulled out underneath uh, from underneath them and they're being clearly manipulated. I don't know. It was still interesting to me to see when Mark Chang sort of allows them into the torture chamber to see what they do to uh, prisoners to interrogate them. He sort of still is saying, well, this is what we do. This is what I have to do. So it's not him saying like, ha ha ha, fooled you now. But we obviously know that this dude, is it really necessary to have this <laughs> steel dildo like volcano <laughs> volcano hot steel dildo slowly making it up to a, a vagina of a woman who's the wife of someone else they're interrogating so they're, they're prob they're looking at it disgusted obviously they're not saying like right. cool okay it surely pushes audiences buttons doesn't it to have it slowly go up there oh yeah yeah, yeah. It, it serves a dramatic purpose too they're trying to get the guy to talk you know so they're like you know slowly doing it so that you know he has all the chance in the world to kind of fess up and talk but the wife of course talks him out of it so it's a little uh, it's technically it's a right up to a point because you you hear it off screen they don't show this yeah. and it because it slowly goes up there the cut is to uh you hear it on the soundtrack and it sounds like it did not slowly go up there but they rammed it up there because they have one of those right. like cheap special effects like <laughs> ah, and then she shouts yeah. so so i would have liked the, the foley artists to sort of make it <laughs> a little bit more like uh, painful sounding uh, slowly painful sounding rather than a big like <laughs> ram up there M- mark chang i mean I, I think he carries such veteran skills here and he has a, this he switches so well between his sort of regal mood and uh where he still seems good and then when his switch happens and when his psychology gets revealed mainly through that very long torture sequence towards uh, the other wife not lotus wong it's exploitation yeah but i think it goes for the dark and and complex in its own way and i think that's commendable i i think this scene you know the snm tinted style sort of sex dominate domination type of scene that Mark Chang has with her and as he has flashes in his head of uh, bad memories from childhood. Boy, are they bad. Uh, boy, that's some pretty rough <laughs> memories. I think Jeez. that's a, an effective sequence and a very, my God, a non-verbal sequence, essentially. You know, he doesn't say, like, he, do, he doesn't grasp his head like Oscar Lamb does early in the movie, like, why, oh, why, I'm so worthless. Like, Mark does not do that. And I always appreciate that, Joshua Wan. 
mm-hmm. there's underplaying going on, non-verbal shit going on in a Hong Kong movie. I hinted at that scene. Anything else spontaneously what you want to say about that uh, S&M tinted scene? Um, I mean, there's one element involving the paintbrush that could be discussed, I guess. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the paintbrush is probably the one thing I think we both take from this movie. <laughs> That's the the one thing that kind of stands out the most is uh, uh, after a bunch of you know biting and uh, slapping and whatnot, uh, he finally pulls out this gigantic fucking paintbrush. That uh, I mean, this thing is this. Imagine a baseball bat at the end with like some. Uh, <laughs> With a paintbrush at the end of it, it's gonna be it's gonna do massive calligraphy with it. That was the purpose, anyway. Right, and so yeah, he he takes it, and it still looks kind of like it's got ink and shit on it. And uh, he puts it in front of her face, and she starts, of course, licking it, like you know, very phallic the symbol, you know. And she's basically she's still into it, like she hasn't been discouraged or anything. She's not tortured. Oh no, no, yeah. Ooh, I like a little pain, and uh, she's licking it, and uh, the whole licking and blowjob sequence seemed a little long for me I mean I don't think we need that much to that and then uh, he takes it downstairs of course and I don't know what she was expecting but uh, she gets the full mother load she doesn't get she ain't getting just the tip you know and, and at one point she starts to actually still liked it like right, it after blood was pouring everywhere too it was blood on the end of the uh, stick part of the uh, thing so, so it's, a, it's sort of it's a very racy really out there dark sequence sexually then finally uh, you know the most painful thing is actually having sex after all that is done to her which uh, which he does you know to her so I didn't mind the sequence it's actually directed with quite decently executed mood and i i enjoyed the the flashbacks that reveals the psychology in a non-verbal way i mean it's clearly made when you know he's been essentially sexually abused before which is which is really no surprise to uh but it, it's it's a absolutely bearable character psychology seeing mark sort of respond to this and um go dark which he does very well i think uh it, it's one of the standout sequences in the movie, it's certainly not fun. It seems goofy to talk of like, oh, she is a phallic paintbrush and all of that, and it's jammed yeah. up there. <laughs> nope, not really. <laughs> not really. No, 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 no. I'm just thinking about what would happen if uh, Fonzie, not Fonzie, uh, Fonzie. Fozzie Bear, Fozzie Bear actually <laughs> oh, no. listened to our show. <laughs> I can't. I don't like this show, Kermit. <laughs> Where's the waka waka? Waka, waka, waka. Hey, uh, hey, Fuzzy. Let's just... More, 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 We'll just get fucking on the whole cast of the show. Oh, boy, yeah. Well, it, it's, it may not be riveting or crazy, this movie, but, but I think ultimately it's very story-focused. Mm-hmm. And it dips well into that darkness and nastiness at points. I, being, you know, a fairly short movie, it doesn't certainly overstay its welcome, so I never thought it had... Uh, I was never disinterested in anything. You know, while it isn't, great and uh, i've seen better cinema i've seen more visually interesting cinema again this looks a little bit flat it looks a little bit tv in style even though they do graphic stuff you probably can't do on tv but you know it, it works a little bit against it that it looks uh, a little bit flat uh, i think i think if there's a problem with the movie it's that it's just that it has enough interesting elements in it that you wish it was great it just it tonally you know, presentation-wise, and even I think the pace to it are just a little bit off. You know, where it's a movie that you'll 
you probably want to watch. You definitely, you know, if you like exploitation and like uh, kind of extreme or dark cinema, if you kind of are gravitated towards these things, you probably want to see it. You want to see it at least once. But after that, you're probably not going to go back and revisit it that much, you know? On this, Robert, when you, when you tally the content, it actually is a very gory and graphic movie. But even, you know, with all the limbs flo- flying and uh, the uh, the blood spurts and all of that, that uh, looks a little lone wolf and cub in style, even that feels ever so slightly flat. So, I mean, they're, they're trying but not getting there quite like a probably 94 production could do. But then again, I didn't expect it to be that that sort of splatter type of violence, so I appreciated that choice, at least, but uh, it, it has trouble, sort of, um, the, the, the limbs look a bit too limp as executed, sort of say, like, <laughs> uh, they sort of just fall. They do, yeah. So uh, it, 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 almost, almost, it's on its way, but not, not, not quite. I, I didn't get one thing. You know, we, um, okay, full disclosure, we talked about this before, but this is for you listeners. I didn't get wh- why, what they were pouring into person's ears and what they were ripping out subsequently. I did, because the sequence was kind of con- confusing. They poured stuff into their ears and then some sort of meat came flying. So, so <laughs> what were they doing, Joshua, actually? Because it wasn't really, it, it, it was a bit choppy as edited. I didn't get right. it. Right. Yeah, you're right about that, because what the problem is that they didn't actually... Sh- well, first of all, the stuff being poured into the ears looked like it was either hot wax or maybe even like hot silver or something like that. Mm-hmm. They poured it into his ears to essentially make this character deaf. And then right after that, the sequence that they don't show, they didn't. what they should have shown was maybe someone going towards his tongue with some pliers or something like that, but, but they didn't. They just showed the tongue flying to the floor. Yeah, but I thought, like, oh, did they pull out his brain or something? Like, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I, I, I tied the two together is because the earlier sequence where they uh, they rip out another person's tongue, right after the thing hits the ground, they show them sewing up his lips. You know, gruesome and uh, tragic and all of that. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's sort of effective to see these victims of torture still in the movie at one point, like when, when they are so destroyed you know, blinded and uh, deaf and mute and right. all of that. So we get some consequences here, not just a scene where, like in the first movie, where people, you know, get uh, their nails uh, pulled out and all of that. And it's, yeah, it's tragic and they're screaming, uh, screaming their hearts out. But boom, Kingdom Yoon, big boobies, jokes. Right. You know, so here we, we linger a little bit more on the tragedy. Ultimately, to end my notes... Uh, Without a Mark Cheng here to sort of uh, elevate the, this movie, I, I, I doubt I would have liked it as much because there, there's something about his key character and the darkness that he sets in motion that mm-hmm. makes it uh, effective. And, and, and yeah, the ending sequence is, you know, sex used as manipulation and revenge ultimately, but it's not the movie's bread and butter, the sex. So I, I, I sort of agree, I guess, that, you know, maybe you could have had some, some type of other revenge other than sexual, but... Uh, Structurally, they've hinted at this, that he's attracted to the Yolinda Yan character. So, uh, and you, you can maybe build promotion around this as well. You know, Wong Jing is not stupid. So maybe like in this movie, this happens. And Yolinda Yan, I don't think, did many nude roles. So she's... Uh, Naked all throughout this. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And she, what I was about to say, she's the nightclub singer in Bullet in the Head. That uh, is like held 
captive by uh, by the drug dealer. They meet a bullet in the head and stuff like that. So uh, yes, that, that was her. Uh, but yeah, it feels like a little film, and but it does fairly well as as a little film, and uh, even some quite show stopping gore. Uh, for for the end, like the, the the end is like here's the lone wolf and cub sort of note. That's where it came from yeah. because, as you know, Mark Chang's character dies. We know that. So, uh, but the way he dies, he he's bathing in in his intestines at one point. Oh yeah, apparently your intestines are held in by springs because those suckers just kind of fly out there. It's a good film for what it is, but uh, not one I'll probably come back and re- repeatedly watch or anything. Very fair, very fair. I don't take offense. It's not my movie. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Shane's going to be pissed, though. Yeah, Wes, uh, Torture Chamber Story 3 cost him and more stuff. Though. I mean, he, he is a, he's a talented actor. I mean, I'm sure he's working still. I, 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 know, I haven't looked up his filmography like daily or anything. But uh, I know I've always liked him, uh, especially when uh, doing dark roles. He never... He was always game too. I mean, there's a movie. I don't think the movie's that great, but I remember him being great in it. There's a movie called The Peeping Tom, and then that's him. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and it stars, I think, Jade Lung from Black Cat. So, but she doesn't get naked in that movie because she she was still an action performer. But it is a category three movie. So, I mean, still worth worth it to watch Mark Chang in uh, in a villainous role. And uh, remember, his role in Election Two was quite. Good. I mean, he still looked great. Oh, by the way, he's in War. Jet Li and Jason Statham's movie. <laughs> yeah. I remember like, holy shit, Mark Chang is in this. Awesome. And I didn't like anything else in the movie other than that. <laughs> I on, Do you man. remember? I don't remember shit from that movie. It probably was possible to, for a watch, but I, I, I can't rank anything. I remember anything that happens in War. I remember at the time being so disappointed with like Jackie and uh, Jet Li's like movies and stuff coming out in the Hollywood that I was like very happy with that movie. Went afterwards like, all right, you know, it wasn't fucking terrible, terrible. <laughs> moderately terrible. Yeah, and Mark Chang was in it. Too. Did, did, do you yeah. even know? Do, did you ever register that at the time? Or probably not. No. Worth revisiting at least his scenes. Like fast forward for it. <laughs> Because he had a sort of supporting role. He wasn't there to like open the door like Edison Chen in The Dark Knight, like which he did. Edison <laughs> Chen, like he talked to Morgan Freeman for one sentence in The Dark Knight. That was that was Edison's role in that one. That was a good guy to bring in because he's handsome and present and a veteran actor by this point. So yeah, kudos to Mark. Um, okay, as for availability of a Chinese torture chamber story too, a Universe did the Hong Kong DVD. Once upon a time, a good transfer and subtitles. Looked to me like they were either very good from the beginning or slightly rewritten because I thought this was a good translating job. No big, uh, no no big goofy goofy shit in uh, in this uh, in these subtitles. This is now out of print because most of Universe's back catalog of ca- of older movies that they had th- those are out of print. But hopefully you can find it cheaply. And also the Dutch released Japan Shock DVD. Well, it was released at one point with English subtitles, which I'm sure is equal quality and maybe the same transfer. But they, they did one and two, the torture chamber story, one and two. They even did Ebola syndrome. I think that was Japan shock as well. So they had a little line going there of uh, shocking Asian horror and stuff. Okay, next time we've watched actor Oscar Lam feeling self-pity in torture chamber story too. But that uh, face, that fairly sort of goofy face, not the most handsome leading man ever. Appears in Cash Chins, The Forbidden Legend, Sex and Chopsticks 1 and 2. And uh, he's a man in those movies. Uh, 
wanting to meet and bed women, and then it goes from waggy to dark. You know, one movie is, alright, he's fun. Second movie, not fun anymore. <laughs> oh, shit. Similar to this. It's blood, it's bloody as you're, yeah, a little bit, yeah. They, they're connected because they're, they're part of the same story. Sort of rise and fall of that character. But, um, so I think it even ends sort of open-ended, the first one. It was a revival of the Category 3 movie back in 08, 09, before 3D, Sex and Sam, but it didn't make as much of an impact. I noticed it, (laughs) alright. And when I bought the DVD back in the day, it came with a little physical extra. Can you guess what that physical extra was? If you just think, uh, you know, think rudely. Was it a dick? No, nope. dildo. No, nope. it, 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 it's supposed to fit in a DVD case. It, it wasn't a box. But you're onto something. What do you put on your dick? Condom. Yep. Hey, there we go. I don't know where it is. <laughs> I think it's. <laughs> I think it's you. Somewhere along the line, I think it was oh. used because I don't think it's not in my DVD case anymore. So. Hey, you know, you get desperate. Desperate times call for different desperate measures. I bet there might have been a physical extra in both of them because I remember there was. Might have been a, like a rude pen as well, including in one. Including in one, one of those. Like I, I don't know if there, it was one of those where you could see underneath the skirt if you turned the pen around or whatever. But I think that was it. Um, I have said, I've po- talked of this, t- <laughs> talked of this on a podcast, like when it came out. But uh, God, I hope that was true. And that, that, that is like a correct extra. You're like, watch this movie, this wacky fun movie, the first one with your partner. Then when the lights go out, you practice safe sex. You know, oh, it's, yeah. a, it's a suitable extra. <laughs> Watch movies together, have a good time, and then have a have a responsible time in bed. To me, that, that that's good. That's good marketing, man. Right? Yeah. And then you just take your giant baseball bat, you know, go like he's for China repeatedly, yep. so she bleeds everywhere. If you mark Chang, you do. Hell yeah! Let's go back and watch uh, his scenes in War <laughs> after this podcast <laughs> is done. I feel like I'm gonna look that up on streaming, see if I can find it. Let's fast forward. Crap! 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 Don't remember, well, yeah, 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 whatever. State them, you're great, but uh, Jet Li, uh, okay. Didn't need to do this movie. Better than the one, at least. Everything's a bit better than the one. <laughs> Which people like, and I, it's okay if you like it, but my god. What, hap- what happened there? Let's finish this one off. Uh, this has been this week in Slays the Ebola and Torture Chamber Story Edition of the Tidy Whitey Theater, if you will. And uh, this uh, show is available on podcastonfire.com along with all our other shows on uh, Clausier and even on Clausier stuff. And uh, we also do bonus episodes every now and again. We will, we'll do War as a bonus episode or something. Jeez. <laughs> or Mark Cheng's scenes in War. <laughs> yeah. Or the one. We'll do the one. Uh. <laughs> Fair play for to Jet for getting into movies, but like the best English language movie he did, probably Danny the Dog, and it's not even it's more of a European production anyway. I really like the Danny the Dog. That was oh, he's acting now, other than it's better than War is better than Cradle to the Grave at least. Which it's, yeah, oh, yeah, come yeah. on, it was it ever Joshua? Oh, answer me this, riddle me this, motherfucker. Was it ever hip and cool? To put a two in your title as a replacement for the word two T O. Was it that was that cool post millennium? It was cool if you were like a kid on the internet and you were doing like leet speak. It was cool for about two months because you thought you were a hacker, and then afterward you realized what an idiot you were. Hey, what happened to DMX? Is he still around? DMX has been having battling drug problems oh. for the past few years in and out of like jail and shit. Has it been a is it is it a tragic story or has it been a dick? 
Uh, a little bit of both. <laughs> okay, I mean, there you go. You don't like to see anybody having his issues, but yeah, homeboy seems a little bit messed up in the head. So right on, right on. Well, hope it gets better. That movie sucked anyway. <laughs> I watched it. I think. Don't think for a second that I forgot about the fact that I'm watching a movie called Cradle to the to Grave. It felt so like let's play to the market value of like putting a two in there. That that's urban, right? Said the white people that probably marketed that movie. Get some eight-year-olds watching our movie. No good action either because it was so so, so poorly shot and shit. So the only good scene out of a Jet Li movie, uh, uh, you know, aside from Danny the Dog, is the end scene to Romeo Must Die, where Tom Arnold and the black actor sort of are uh, improvising and shit uh-huh. during the end credits. Only good thing I remember from a Jet Li US movie. You you remember far more than I do. Yeah, but it, it was sort of it was fun seeing two actors bounce, and it was just uh, riffing, just improvising. After the movie was yeah. done, done. So uh, that was it. But uh, hey, let's uh, continue finishing this one off. If you have any questions or feedback, let us know uh, what your experience of watching War with Mark Cheng. <laughs> God damn it, with Mark Cheng, no one else. <laughs> it was a podcast on fire at googlemail.com. And uh, join us over on our social media. There's handy buttons to them on our website, to our Facebook, Twitter, as well as to our iTunes feed, which you can rate and subscribe to. And we're on Stitcher Radio as well. Follow the, the button to the website or download applications available on the Apple App Store or Google Play. And I write about these kind of category-free movies, among other things, on SoGoodReviews.com, my video hub is SlazyKVideo.com, and my Twitter, where I hail Mark Chang daily. I really should start, at least. <laughs> it's uh, at SoGoodReviews. And Shelf lifeclothing.com get the original Caucasians t-shirt from there and uh, I didn't realize it I dressed appropriately today I've got their category free t-shirt on ho, 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 baby. I'm, I'm in costume I'm like I'm wearing the sacred uh, sacred cloak <laughs> for, for, do, <laughs> for doing this week in Slee so get the category free t-shirt uh, with a complete with mangled English on it as well that was his design choice nice so that's us. Uh, we'll uh, link to uh, the trashy trio as well. But uh, do you want to say anything, uh, despite having plugged it before? No, just uh, check us out. You know, if you like this show, you'll like it. I think chemistry gets you places, my friend, and uh, you guys have it. So uh, that's uh, that's enjoyable on its own. And uh, okay, so let's stop the fucking, or let's let's stop the spitting, Rob Joshua. <laughs> let's stop this, right? Or should we get a lot spitting? <laughs> you got the bo- you got Ebola now again. <laughs> Audience, and I'll use them. the paintbrush to sort of uh, <laughs> write write that on you. Or just you got a bowler up the ass too oh, with, with a paintbrush. Well, doesn't really work that way. Mark Cheng said so. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> it's true. All right, let's uh, let's stop this then and uh, go watch War or something. So. <laughs> <laughs>